Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast, episode number 379. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and we get to talk football. We got two guests on online right now. We got Phil, Bill Miller, and uh, uh, Mark Wedall, Winnipeg and uh, Ryder fans. Uh, Will is still in Las Vegas and uh, cannot find a happy spot to uh, listen to the show or talk on the show because he's too busy playing at the blackjack tables or something stupid like that and i have no idea what charles's excuse is he usually doesn't take the day off so uh we'll have to give him the benefit of the doubt on this one hey so we're gonna talk football the three of us and uh we're gonna go at it we got a full agenda charles did provide us with that before he bailed um we're there's, there's a lot of things happening in the news right now oh geez what do we we got a full agenda here and we're gonna talk about a bunch of things oh yeah big trade for uh riders and argos it was today i think yeah big trade there and uh bo levi is back throwing the ball maybe 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 what happened to that trade rumor we were talking about a while back that was a rod peterson thing uh nothing really materialized out of that one hmm scary see what happens there brandon bridges released the owls considered a contender maybe and the CFL in Halifax. We get to regurgitate this one again. It's just so much fun. Okay, so we're going to talk that. We're going to predict our scores. We got such a, a group of awesome guys predicting scores. Well, at least all but one. There's one loser in there, really big loser. Uh, anyhow, so what are we going to talk about? I, you know, you know one of I've been ranting a lot of lately or, or talking, discussing, and uh, I'll, I'll try to keep this simple because it's not really a rant. As Neil pointed out to me, it's more of a monologue, so we're going to monologue about, but I don't know. How do you say, oh, I'm just going to monologue a while? No, it's kind of like I'm going to rant because it's so much better when I get to rant, uh, even though there's not as much emotion as there probably should be in a rant because I'm not. But, you know, I post something about a team, okay? I, yeah, I started the Let's Talk CFL franchises that means the group the podcast let's talk Saskatchewan Rough Riders let's talk Winnipeg Blue Bombers let's talk hey even the Atlantic Schooners okay all of those pages I created most of them or I at least convinced somebody to take them over and and, and work run with them so kind of like the godfather or you know I every anything that goes wrong I get blamed for yet anything that goes right I never get any accolade accolades for the but I'm okay. I don't need them. I, I'm I'm very comfortable with myself here. But what pisses me off is that when I make a post about the Toronto Argonauts or the Winnipeg Blue Bombers or the, the God forbid the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the first thing that anybody says is, "Oh, what about your BC Lions?" Well, fuck. Who cares? It's got nothing to do with the BC Lions. We're making a post about the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Don't ask me how my Lions are doing. I think it's pretty bloody obvious how they're doing. 
We've established that week in, week out. They suck, okay? No problems. You're not telling me anything I don't already know. But I don't identify as a BC Lion, okay? I don't call them my team. I'm a fan of the BC Lions, okay? Yeah, I might even call them my team. But it, it, it's not what I represent. I represent the CFL. I believe in all teams in the CFL, whether it's the Montreal Alouettes, the Edmonton Eskimos, God forbid even the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, or the Atlantic Schooners, if that ever materializes. So when I post something, it's about the CFL. So don't start throwing shit in my face because it's not going to stick. And more than likely, the fan is going to blow it back at you. So, you know, I, and, and you, the, the stupid thing is, is this has been the same garbage that I've been spouting for the last five weeks. Is it? People still continually do this. They just need to gloat about how bad the BC Lions are doing when I try to point out something about some other team. No, it doesn't matter. I'm allowed to have an opinion. I'm allowed to discuss football because this is a football show. This is not Let's Talk BC Lions podcast. This is not Let's Talk Winnipeg Blue Bombers podcast. This is Let's Talk CFL and because Let's Talk CFL means it's a league. And I, it's a very important distinction for me. Uh, you know, I try, I try really hard not to be biased in most of my commentaries on, not only on the podcast, but on the group. Okay? I post things without bias, for the most part. Unless you're being a dick, and then I'm going to post something about it. And right now, this year, the Bomber fans are being dicks. So I like to post a lot of things about the Bombers and how they're not, you know, different things about them. So we're going to open up the mics because I'm done about this because it, it, I'm so sick of it. Like, so what? Grow up. Grow a pair and, like, talk about your team, okay? If I'm talking about your team, you talk about your team. Argue what I say. Don't just throw shit at me. It doesn't work. So I'm going to open up the mics. And officially, welcome back, Phil Miller. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. Hey, Chris. Glad to have you back. How dare you, how dare you post anything about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? I know. Those other <laughs> I know. It's just like it's, it, it's despicable. Why would I do something so stupid? Yeah. Mark, welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you. Um, yeah, and yes, Barber fans know it's. I didn't know the exact number of days. Thank you for pointing that out, though. What, 10,475? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, thank you for pointing out that. Yeah. that do you know what that is, reminder. Phil? 10,475 no. days? Do you know what that is? No. That's how many days oh. since the Bombers last won a Grey Cup. <laughs> you know, 10, I should know that number because I was at that game. <laughs> I, I, I was at that great cup in Vancouver. And uh, 10,475. Oh my good lord. And at my age, I I actually expect the the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to uh be contacting me soon to be brought in to do a coin toss because I I'm going to be one of the last people who was ever at that game. 
Mm, okay. What do you think the odds of that are? Zero. We'll see how many more years it goes, and then it gets the chances get better every year. Yeah. So I mean, this is all because Todd Mogi uh, posts up a thing saying it's been 284 days since the Argos won a regular season game. Well, first off, won a regular season game is 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 stupid. It's redundant because they weren't in the playoffs. It's not like they lost that many games in the regular season and then they won a playoff game. So it's been 284 days since they won a game, period. Okay? You don't have to it, – it doesn't give it more emphasis saying it's a regular season game. So I don't know what you're trying to do, Todd. So – and, and, and it's like Bomber fans are like all over the Argos because they're 0-6, 0-5, 0-6, something like that, and that they don't know what they're doing and Jim Pop is a goof. And uh, everything on and on and on and on. So that's why I went off and I I did some calculations and came up with 10,475. And that's the best I can do because it was November 25th, 2000, or 1990. It's a different millennia. Um, And uh, that's when the Bombers last won the Grey Cup. And I, you know, I, I figured it out. Like I did some math in my head. And I actually came up with 10,473. And I did this by go, using November 20th as a Grey Cup game, not November 25th, not knowing what actual day it was. So then I thought, oh, shit, there's leap years in there. That even makes the number bigger. So then I actually just Googled how many days since November 25th, 1990, and it came up with the exact number. And uh, so I was only out by two days. So I think that was pretty close. You know, I was out by two days. Were you even born 10,000 days ago, Mark? Yes. (laughs) I wish I was that young. I wish. No, I don't because then I have that many more years of work to go. Yeah, I know. So, let's talk some football. What do you guys got to say? What's up with you, Mark? Anything interesting? You, you, you ditched us on the last show, something about work. And, I mean, like, yeah, really? Uh, you know, I love talking to you guys and all, but when you got to be up at, like, 2 in the morning uh, to go to work, the two-hour sleep just isn't really going to cut it. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what you do because you keep telling me that you work in the catering department. And what the hell are you doing at 2 o'clock in the morning? Uh, no, I get up at two o'clock. I start at three thirty, four in the morning, kind of thing. But but why? What do you got to do? Breakfast have, in bed? No, we have a, had a conference in where they were starting breakfast at six o'clock. Yeah, I know. It's who eats breakfast at six a.m. Nobody. Uh, you have a glass of orange pota- juice. No, potato farmers do. I actually have a bowl of cereal at, at uh, 4.30 in the morning, so, yeah, okay. But you can't eat much. You're still sleepy. Oh, these guys were bacon, eggs, sausage, the whole bit. Scarfing it down, eh? Yep. 
I I think I could eat a pound of bacon at any time of the night, day or night. I think I could. Yeah, that's that's pretty easy. That's one of the things I love about working, doing what I do. Oh dear, I don't have any bread for my bacon to make a sandwich, so I get a pancake. <laughs> and I put bacon inside that, and I put the syrup over top of the bacon, and there's my sandwich. Okay, I heard yeah. 12 arteries while I did it, but I'm okay with that. Well, you know, I had a doctor as a client back in my winery, and uh, we got talking one day, and he said that he eats a pound of bacon and four eggs every morning for breakfast. And I, I looked at him and I says, you know, as a physician, aren't you concerned about your cholesterol? And he looked at me and he said, I've seen way too many people die of cancer. There's something to be said about a good, healthy coronary. <laughs> He's got a point. And I just went, you know, kudos to you, bro. I like your attitude. Oh, yeah. But, you know, there's two types of people in the world, those that love bacon and liars. Yep. And, and that's just a fact. I mean, there's people that actually say that eating bacon is against their religion. Like, come on, seriously? You follow that religion on purpose? I would never follow that. What the hell? You can't eat bacon? Shit. My, I mean, my I, wife won't eat bacon, and I'm quite happy about that because then I get to eat it. It's more for me. She does it for health reasons, but anybody there? I'm still here. Oh, okay. I think we lost Christopher. <laughs> we lost the host of the show. <laughs> what are you excited about this week, Mark? Well, the Bombers to come off of uh, get off of their one-game losing streak. I'm curious to see how they play this week. It's a pretty good opportunity for them. They're uh, 14-point favorites. Oh, there he is. No, that's you. Yes, we I was know looking we are. At a, looking at a curious statistic uh, that I noticed this week. Uh, um, over the last five seasons previous to 2019, the uh, percentage of games decided in the last three minutes has ranged from 54 to 59%. Last year it was 59%. Wow. So far in 2019, we've dropped to 44%. Oof, that's a long way down. You know, that's uh, that statistic is something that made the CFL very exciting, and yeah, uh, and now we've dropped down. Yeah, it hasn't been the best year of football. Would that be the way to put it? Not so far. There hasn't been a lot of good games. There's been more stinkers. Like, I'll give you, like, last Thursday night, uh, I watched both those games, and they were terrible. If Masoli had played the whole game against the in the Barmer game, um, they probably would have walked away with the game. Yeah. 
it got a little better Friday night in that Winnipeg Hamilton game, but uh, that Calgary Ottawa and then the, of course the Toronto Edmonton game they were really hard to watch. Yeah, and I think you're going to see a lot of that this week too. There's too many young quarterbacks. That's a lot of it. Yep. Yep. All the star quarterbacks except for Riley are on the shelf, and well, Riley can't do it all by himself, so. And, of course, I found that game very exciting with a young quarterback and Mike Riley. Yeah. Jesse would find that game very exciting. For, for different like reasons than the average CFL fan. <laughs> Is Christopher able to dial himself back in? Oh, yeah. I don't know what the hell he's doing. But... Could be a long show. It could be. Oh, there he is. Hello. Hey. Gotcha. What's going on here? I'm on my phone. It, it just keeps my ass out. I, I can't get back in. Block Talk completely eliminated me as the host. Oof. So I'm just a caller. Oh. Well, welcome to the show. I know weird. Yeah, thanks. I'm on my phone now. I've lost my my $300 podcasting mic and my headphones and everything else. Now I'm just talking to you like a Joe. Oh, well. So be it. I guess I should probably go get some earbuds or something so I can talk with the hands free. But uh, anyhow, where are we? What's going on? What happened while I was gone? Like five minutes. Yeah, we were just we were talking discussing. about what was that stat you found, Phil? Oh, yeah. We were discussing the um, uh, an inter- interesting stat I found this week here that uh, in the last uh, five years, the percentage of games decided in the last three minutes ranged from 54 to 59%. And last year it was 59%. And so far in 2019, that has dropped to 44%. Yeah. Well, we've we've discussed this and how this season so far sucks because there's so many absolutely terrible teams. And they're just blowing everybody. Terrible teams. I think it's it's the quarterbacking. It's so young this year. With all you the did. starters out. With all the starters out, it's all rookies or close to rookies. Yeah, but we've, we've, we've traveled this road before. You know, every year we go, oh, this is the worst year for quarterback injuries. It just goes on and on and on, right? So how is this year any different? Because the backup's that were with the starters before, not the starters. Yeah, well, I mean, Travis Lulee went down. We had Jonathan Jennings. Darius Durant went down, and they had, who? Brett Smith or somebody. You know? It's just like one of those things over and over again. The starters go down, and the backups come in, and they suck because they've never had playing time. And we've had this discussion as how do you make – um, 
backup quarterbacks more reliable or, or get them more experience. The only way you can get them more experience is to put them in the game and the starters won't let you. So, well, the fans won't let you. No, it doesn't make much sense. Okay, is this is this sound okay? Yeah, I got my hands free happening here. Okay, so um, that stat is like that is because the teams are getting blown out because so many teams suck. I mean, how often do we? Well, I guess every year we have an O and something, right? We always laugh at Saskatchewan because they're O and nine. Owens moved in and bought a condo in Regina. Well, he sold that and he's moved to Toronto. But then BC is like, it's pathetic. If you look at the standings in the CFL right now today, they're, you know, it's terrible. I mean, very rare do you have teams that, we got two teams that are five and one. We have two teams that are four and two. That means there's a lot of losses out there. Is that all the teams that are 500, over 500? The only teams over 500 are Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, Hamilton, and Montreal. So that's actually that's five five teams are above 500. That's not bad. That's so rare. Yeah. Usually you only have three teams above 500. I mean... If you look at the, the standings for last year, 2018, final standings, you had Calgary, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, Ottawa. So there was four teams above 500 at the end of the season. BC and Edmonton were flat at 500, so they don't count. That doesn't scream for changing the playoff format at all, though, does it? No. No, no. Well, well, it does. If, if if you look at it, all five teams in the Western Division last year should have made the playoffs. Yep. All five. Only one in the East should have made the playoffs. I get why they don't do it, but it's still frustrating as hell. Well, it's frustrating as hell as the Hamilton Tiger Cats with an eight and ten record get to host the playoff game. Yep. When the Edmonton Eskimos at 9-9, nine and nine, a superior record, missed the playoffs completely. I understand the frustration. So, I don't know. I don't know. What do you do? Yeah, I've gone over the playoff format so many times. And it's not something that we should be doing mid-season anyhow. No. And they're not going to change it. They're not going to change it. It's not going to happen. Uh, it, it takes too many teams out in the first half of the season where you just go, okay, yeah, we already know we're not making the playoffs. This way, in the East and with the crossovers, there's still a chance. Yeah, well, the the, the crossover is going to be around forever. It has to be. Mm-hmm. I think they need yep. to improve it a little bit, but let's neither here nor there. But again, that's that's a discussion for the off season. We're in the middle of the the, the, the season. We're, we're in week seven, is it? Week seven, 
And yep. uh, we have fo- we have football games to talk about, so let's get to those. How about that? Uh, the first one up is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are traveling east. No, they stayed east because they were in Hamilton last week. They stayed east, and now they're in Toronto where they are practicing in Guelph, and they're going to play the Argos at BMO Field. Uh, Argos just just acquired a all-star quarterback. Uh, is he going to be prepared to play for this Thursday, which is tomorrow? Uh, I would bet money against it. Okay, he hasn't played in uh, like six weeks. No, he's not playing football. Zach Caleros will not be playing football for the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, I doubt he's even going to be dressed. So, what do we got? We got McLeod, Bethel, Thompson, and Dakota Pro Procoop. Procop. Procop. That was close. I had the I had the vowel for you. Backwards. Close. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. It's weird. For me, that was pretty good. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we got nobody playing quarterback in Toronto, and we got uh, Matt Nichols playing quarterback in Winnipeg. Is he playing? Yes, he's playing. Yep. Uh, okay. So, uh, who's going to win this game? Now, let's go to the scores, and we have Charles. Charles is picking Winnipeg 37-10. Will has Winnipeg winning 28-18. Mark, it's up to you. You start us off. You tell us what's going to happen. Bombers are your team. Well, I think you're going to see a rebound from the ridiculously Toronto? bad. Yeah, the ridiculously bad uh, game that Nichols had. Uh, and hopefully Lapalise has a rebound of play calling more than eight runs throughout the game for for Andrew Harris. That would be a treat. Um, obviously, I, 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 I think he, I think he was Jarius Jarius Jackson was impersonating Lapalise last week. Uh, yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Something happened. Um, you know, I wasn't on the show to say how badly they played. And, you know, they were outplayed. Uh, they had their chances to win, but whatever. Um, yeah, I think that you're going to see Winnipeg put their foot down in this game, and they're not going to let up like they did the last time they played them. They had their wake up call. Darvin Adams is out, but Chris Matthews is in. I'm a little, little concerned that. Brandon Alexander is now on the sixth game as well, one of their better D-backs. And there's a young kid, Corey Hume, coming in. He's played a little bit, but not a ton. But it is against Toronto, so it shouldn't affect it too much. Um, if, I, As far as I know, Bethel Thompson is starting. He can't be feeling too good about his starting role considering who they just signed or traded for. So I'm not sure how much his heart's going to be in this game, knowing that probably within a week he's on the bench. So I'm going to say Winnipeg 37. Uh, Let's give Toronto 8. You know you're you're suspiciously close to Charles's score, right? What was his? Thirty-seven ten. Okay, I'll be nice. Then. I'll go thirty. No, no, you're fine. No? It's fine. You your score is different, so it's okay. You can yeah, take it. It's not one point. It's but I'm just saying you're suspiciously close there. You're two points difference. Yeah. Well, hey, I make it up as I go anyway. You know that. Well, we all do. I don't. It, if anybody <laughs> plans their score before time, they're the bigger nerd than I thought. Okay. Um, 
Phil. Phil, did you just hang up because I called him a nerd? Yeah, I'm a big nerd because I actually got the score picked ahead. It's the only one I got picked ahead, but because I, this is the one I had to think about the most is how big will this spread be? The Bombers are a 14-point favorite, or at least they were a day or two ago in Vegas. Um, and, and I thought I was going to have a hard time saying anything about this game, and then I started making notes, and, geez, I couldn't shut up. Um, oh, no. I agree. I don't see a chance that Zach Claris is not probably even going to wear a jersey for night. So we're looking for one more week of a free spot in the bingo card for anybody playing the Argos. Um, the Argos are, are worst in every rushing category for and against in the CFL. Um, so worse than BC. Yeah. So I think Harris wow. has a pretty good opportunity to put up some numbers tomorrow night. Uh, Toronto has less turnovers in every game than their opposition so far this season. So wow. being 0-6 is not a great surprise. The last couple of days I was thinking about where could Zach Caleros go. I was thinking he quite possibly could, could be traded. And Toronto was the first one to come to mind and the only one that made sense. So I certainly wasn't surprised this morning when I heard about it. No. Um, but, you know, Toronto has a 292-yard passing average per Per game, it's good for fourth in the league. Um, Not bad. Yep. But of course, they're trailing a lot, and that's why they're running the ball less too, right? And and they're working against zone defenses and prevent defenses later in the game, and you know a lot of a lot of yards are given up to them. But I tell you, with Zach Claris going there, I'm I'm going to make a prediction right now. Not counting this weekend, the Toronto Argonauts are going to improve a lot for the rest of the season. And if Dane Evans doesn't look good going forward for the Hamilton Ticats, I think Toronto will have a chance to catch Hamilton by the end of the season. That's how much I think Toronto is going to improve. Wow. You mean it's actually going to be a battle for the Eastern Division this year? I think Montreal is going to run away with it. So you have no faith in, in what's going on in Ottawa? Not yet, no. Okay. Yeah. So, moving over to the Bombers. Uh, Nichols is still playing way over his head, but he's doing a great job managing games. You know, he's, he's protecting he did, the ball. He didn't play well last game. In fact, if no. we quote our dear friend, Will... Nichols fucking sucked. He could afford to last weekend. He can never afford to. Um, Losing is habit forming. I'm really impressed with Winston Rose tearing it up on on defense for the Bombers. Um, you guys know I I love the pass defense part of the game, and and it, it's great to see the success he's having. He's uh, tied with uh, Trey Roberson with six interceptions. Uh, got a pick six. 
And, and I guess it should be no surprise because he was tied for the league lead in 2018. Yeah, I don't think anybody's surprised by it. I haven't heard of maybe Mark can tell us if Anthony Gator is going to play. Yeah, he is. As far as I know, he is anyway. He's on the roster. Well, I'm going to take a, about a field goal off of uh, of Toronto score then. Oh, one other thing I want to say, I'm I'm excited to finally see Chris Matthews play in 2019. That's going to be great. And, uh, yeah, he made the 46-man roster at least. He's got 27 yards on the season. Oh, he does. I, I didn't realize. Yeah. yeah. So I got the Winnipeg yeah, he- Blue Bombers winning 28-14. to 14. Wow. Okay. So this is actually, uh, Mark, your score is actually kind of high there at 37 to 8, eh? Uh, I was kind of hoping you're, you, you and Charles are going to go a little bit lower there. Uh, so do I go low or high or what do I do? I don't think Matt Nichols has the ability to put up a lot of points. I don't think there's going to be a 50 burger here. But, uh, Okay. 24-9. to I'm taking Winnipeg 24-9. to I wanted to go 42, but, yeah, I don't know. doesn't really matter. I'm going to lose anyhow. Okay. <laughs> Love it. Uh, so, jumping over to the next game, which is what? Is it a Friday night game or is it still another stupid Thursday night game? Um, it's a Thursday. We got two Thursday night games. Thursday night games suck. Why doesn't the CFL notice? I mean, they, they they just suck. So we got the Hamilton Tiger Cats playing in Regina. So Charles has Saskatchewan taking this game twenty six fourteen. Will has Hamilton winning twenty one sixteen. Mark, what's going to happen in? The, Regina. I've been tossing this one around a little bit just the last couple of days, and then with Banks out, Masoli out, and Dane Evans didn't really do anything last week to impress me. Um, he didn't. I know he's a young kid and he got thrown in, but he looked pretty boring. Be the word. He didn't do anything for me. So. With Banks out especially, Simone Lawrence is still out with his uh, second game of his suspension. I was thinking about taking Saskatchewan, and I just don't want to. I've been taking them enough this season. I still think Hamilton's got a good defense, even without Lawrence. We saw that last week for sure. Um, They tore apart a pretty good offensive line. So... Saskatchewan isn't quite as good as Winnipeg's. Um, I think you're going to see Hamilton coming with a lot of the same style of blitzing and everything else that they were doing against Winnipeg. I'm going to say it's going to be fairly low scoring. I don't see a ton of scoring from either team on this one. I'm going to say 23-16 for Hamilton. Wow. 
Okay. You guys are grouping really close together here. 26-14, Phil, what do you got? I know Charles picks Saskatchewan, so I think Phil's going to pick Saskatchewan here too because he's like a Ryder fan. Uh, and and admits and admits he is too, which is really scary. Cause, you know why would anybody admit to that? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, the uh, this is the game of the week. Even with uh, two quarterbacks <laughs> that have a combined six-game starting record behind them. Uh, Hamilton's got a pretty good team. And we all know the Riders are exciting as hell in 2019. Where? Uh, where? Lots, of, lots of interesting storylines coming into this, this game. Uh, let's just start with Cody Fajaro. Let's not get into knowledge. too much detail. Okay. 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 All right. We're, we're not going to name off 28 players. It's not going to be a lot. No, no, no. We don't have to. We don't have to. I'll, I'll okay. probably talk to okay. Hamilton players more than more than Saskatchewan players. Okay. Uh, Cody Fajardo. I, I, uh, I called uh, Mark on it. He's not allowed to do it, so I, I, I can't give you the same luxury. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. He, uh, he leads the CFL with 15 touchdown drives out of 70 possessions. That's 26%. That's the number one rank in the CFL. This is a gentleman with five starts under his belt, I believe, in his career. Um, going in, Hamilton, I think, has is, is got some challenges. They're down their starting quarterback. They're down their starting left guard. And they're down one of their starting defensive tackles, Tracy. Can't think of his first name. Uh, I don't think Brandon Banks is playing. So that's uh, four starters right there. Uh, Brandon Banks leads the league in targets at 61 targets in 2019. He's a pretty big chunk of the team when you're your top quarterback and your leading receiver are out of the game. So I'm not going to give Hamilton a whole lot of whole lot of chance here. Uh, the Saskatchewan O-line just continues to impress. Uh, they've got two of the best guards in the league that are on the injury list right now and they got two of the best young guards in the league leading the, leading the way with Dakota Shepley and and uh, oh, the other guy just escapes my my memory um, so I uh, I don't think the three points that Vegas is giving the riders is, is nearly enough um the Riders are leading the league in rushing attempts, which uh, says a lot when they're a three-and-three three team. Um, so I'm going to give this one to the Riders. I just don't know how by how much. I, I'm going to say by at least 10 points. So I'm going to say 26-16. 26-16. Yep. Wow. Okay, you guys are all like in the same ball game here. How could it be so close? No, I don't know. This is not right. Um, I'm gonna take this. Can I take either both teams? No, I can't just pick a score. You got to pick one team or the other. We're not gonna do that. You're not gonna let me. Okay. 
I'm going to take Saskatchewan only simply because it's in Saskatchewan. Goes against my better judgment. I really don't like the team. I'm going to put them up at 38 to 21. I'm going up higher on this one, and hopefully that that's going to work for me. So actually, if I could just have 38 21 and no winner, and then if any team gets really high scores, I would win. Are no. you guys gonna no no shit eh damn I gotta try something I gotta try something. Okay, uh, the Friday night football is going to be played in McMaster Stadium. We're going to have the Ottawa Red Blacks visiting the Montreal Alouettes. And uh, what are we going to do here? Montreal, Ottawa. Hang on, what have I done here? Jeez, Will, you screwed me up. Okay, Montreal and uh, Ottawa. Charles has taken Montreal 24-20. Will has taken Montreal 32-14. Uh, Mark, what are you doing here? Are you taking Montreal as well? I just might have to take the new powerhouse in the East. Have they said who's starting at quarterback yet for Ottawa? Is it going to be Davis or are they going I haven't heard that Davis is back yet. So that means it's game three of Jonathan Pickens? Or sorry, Jennings? <laughs> <laughs> uh, You're such an idiot. Well, uh, Montreal's got a damn good defensive backfield. Um, Tommy Campbell could have a field day against Jennings. Possibly. This game really is a take a coin and flip it because you don't know what Ottawa team is going to show up and you don't know what Montreal team is going to show up. They are right. playing inspired football. I'll give them that. Uh, I know we're talking about it later too, so I'll keep that short. But yeah, I'm going to stay. Uh, I'm going to go with Montreal in this. But I'm going to go really low scoring on this one. I'm going to say Montreal 16-10. 16 to 10 for Montreal. Yeah. Okay. Phil, what do you got here? Well, who are you picking? I think Dom Davis is going to play, uh, from what I heard today. Ooh, Ottawa wins. No. And uh, but that's not enough for me to pick Ottawa. I hate them right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, Montreal has an opportunity to win the, the season series. Already, uh, much like the Riders did with BC last weekend. That's all. <laughs> uh, Montreal is averaging 162 yards rushing per game, and and have the highest yards per rush by a long shot in the CFL. That William Stanback is just tearing it up. And I think I heard or read somewhere today he was he was with the with the Red Blacks last season. I think so. That's going to hurt tomorrow when uh, when he rips up the Red Blacks because I really believe that's going to continue to happen. That that Montreal O line is built to run the ball, and uh, I think that's going to give Vaj 
a lot of opportunities. Oh my God, we still haven't talked about that, have we? And uh, so Ottawa's defense looked pretty good against Calgary, but I don't think it's going to stand up to William Stanback. Um, I really don't. And I don't see their offense recovering right away either. Uh, you know, they're, they're having some struggles, and even with Dom Davis back, but you know, he's going to just be a little rust on him too. So I'm going to take Montreal. Twenty-seven, nineteen. Okay. Uh, shits and giggles. I'm going with Ottawa because nobody else did. Uh, I'm gonna make this nine to five. Because it really doesn't matter. I'm the only one picking Ottawa. So now if Ottawa wins the game, I get a point. I get a golden ticket. Okay. I just want you to know that. Pay attention. I picked Ottawa. Okay. Can't believe I'm doing this. It's such a loser. Okay, uh, this is a tough game here coming up here. Edmonton Eskimos in Calgary. This is not the Labor Day Classic. This is not the Battle of Alberta. This is just like Edmonton and Calgary playing their third game, first of three. Uh, who's going to win this one? In Calgary, no less. So, Will's going to miss this game. Ah, uh, whatever. So, uh, yes, Calgary is a bunch of fucking losers. Well, we agree. Not a problem there, okay? So, um, Charles has got Calgary winning this game 33-28. Will has Calgary 28-14. Mark, who are you picking? What are you doing here? This is a tough one to pick. I can't believe Will said that about his team, though. I know. It is amazing. Okay. That's... Yeah, I guess maybe it's all that oxygen they're pumping into the casino he's sitting in right now or something. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. You know, this is actually a tough game to pick. Edmonton, when they're playing and everybody's going right and Harris is having one of his good games, Edmonton can beat anybody in the CFL at any time. Calgary needs a workman-like uh, progress. They're not going to be throwing major for 400 yards and everything with our buckle right now. You know, he needs to, and here we go, we're using those terms again, he needs to manage the game. Um, this is a game, Calgary, if they want to win, they're going to need to control the time of possession. If they can keep the ball out of Harris's hands, keep the Edmonton defense on the field, that should go well to it. But I don't really see Calgary beating Edmonton right now. I know they're getting some players back, but isn't Briskason out now too? Didn't he get injured and he's on one game anyway, I think I read. Um, I'm going to go Edmonton. Okay. I'm going to say uh, 31 24. Okay. Now, Phil, you're living in Calgary, but a fan of Saskatchewan, you're going to pick Edmonton, right? Yeah, but I'm going to pick with my head. (laughs) Which one? (laughs) 
sorry. That was that was uncalled for. Funny as hell, but uncalled. <laughs> the Edmonton Eskimos are, are really starting to impress me this season. And uh, you know, last week was a was a short week for them going into that game. They only had two days of practice, and they look pretty sharp. Um, I, I'm looking for Evan to look even crisper this week. Uh, this is going to be a tough battle for Calgary at home. I, I'm I'm more and more impressed by Jason Moss and the culture he's building and the team he's put together. I think he's what, cul- what, what culture? What culture are you talking about here? Does it have anything to do with uh, Gatorade? <laughs> I think maybe he's doing a little bit less of that now. Okay, just checking because, like, I, I'm not convinced I like his culture. He seems to be carrying himself differently in 2019 than what we've seen over the last few seasons. Okay, and um, and and I, and I like what his team has done. I like that particular that defensive line. They they've looked really really good. Um, when you when you see a team that's four and zero when leading at the half. When you start seeing stats like that, that that's starting to indicate a, a well-coached team. And did did you say Will picked Edmonton? No, Will did not ever pick Edmonton. Not in this century. Not in next century. It's not possible that he will pick Edmonton for anything. He will pick Toronto over Edmonton. Okay, so yeah, please don't. Yeah, no, he did not pick Edmonton. Okay, because I thought there might be something to that. Pumping the oxygen into the uh, no, 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 it's more it's more about alcohol than it is oxygen. So, uh, um, no, he did not pick Edmonton. He would never pick Edmonton. It would no. I, I, you know what? I would cancel the show if it was because the the Earth was ending. All right. Okay. So, Calgary's been winning with Arbuckle at quarterback, but. You know, after last week, you got to admit they're kind of doing it with mirrors a little bit. Um, and I think sustaining victories is going to become more and more difficult, in my, in my opinion, um, as we've seen last week. So I'm going to pick the Edmonton Eskimos. Okay. I think I think it'll be tight. Uh, but I got Edmonton winning 27-21. 27-21. Okay. Jeez, now what do I get? I'm going to take uh, – I'm going to go with the score of uh, Mark took 31, Charles took 32. I was going to go in the middle, but then I can't do that. That's wrong. Charles took Calgary. Mark took Edmonton. Uh, I'm going to say it's going to be Edmonton, and they're gonna, it's going to be 36-28. That's my call on this one. Uh, and that's the end of the games. Oh, my God. What else are we going to do? No. Okay, so that's the pick of the games. Hopefully everybody got their picks in there and Stephen was paying attention and uh, I don't have to do anything more than put this sheet in the garbage. Uh, but I do I do keep it just in case something bad happens and we don't get any results and uh, I move on. So, that's the four games wrapped up. 
Uh, we're going to go back into the agenda right now, and we got the Argos trade for Zach Caleros. Is this a desperation for both parties? Well, as I stated earlier, I don't think that um, riders had anything to risk here. They really didn't gain anything, uh, as uh, uh, Phil pointed out. And I, I don't know whether it was uh, off air or not. Uh, the cap gain for Saskatchewan was like 160 grand. It really is inconsequential. So, uh, and they could have released them at any time and made the same gain. Uh, they got themselves a conditional fourth round. Whoopee. Judah. Uh, so Saskatchewan won. Yeah, they won this. Did they win this trade? I don't know. Toronto got one of the most talented quarterbacks in the CFL. The downside is he has never completed a season in the CFL ever in his entire career. And this, this year is no exception. Um, does that mean that he can now stay healthy for the rest of the season now that he's already been out for a few games? That's possible. But has anybody actually looked at the Toronto Argonauts' own line? Fuck me. Oh, my God. No, that's no old line. I mean, the only old line in the CFL that makes it worse than Toronto's is BC's. Uh, but, yeah, so is Zach Caleros going to have the ability to stay healthy for the rest of the season? Is he going to turn the Argos around? They're 0-6. Can he bring them back to 500? Can he bring them back to playoff contention? Uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli is out of Hamilton and Ottawa has nothing. Um, does that mean that Toronto could act Montreal Toronto could be the playoffs in the Eastern division this year? Like who the hell would have ever had predicted that prior to the season? Who? Nobody, nobody, nobody. We picked Montreal Toronto to be the absolute basement in the CFL. And, uh, they're not, they may not be, they may not be, they may be the best in the East and that in itself is pathetic and scary. So let's uh, roll the table here and Mark, what's your call on the Zach Caleros? Is this desperation for the parties? Did, did, was this a good move by the riders? Was it a good move by the Argos? Is Zach going to stay healthy? Should he have just retired? Uh, well, you don't retire when you're you're making four hundred grand a year. If somebody's willing to give you four hundred grand a year, and you're going to go up there and take a little bit of punishment and sit on the practice rock or the IR for the rest of the season, hell yeah, I would go do it. I'd go back right now for four hundred grand. Yeah, and I know I'd get hurt. I know I'd get hurt. There's no way I can run fast as fast as those guys. Okay, so uh, Mark, your call, buddy. He's not going to last the rest of the season when and if he does play I I would love to see him last the rest of the season I am tired of people telling me that how can I make any kind of diagnostic without being a brain surgeon and all this other bullshit the guy's had three concussions in 11 months I think that says it right there I don't need to be a doctor when they are saying he's had three concussions in 11 months. Yeah, he's got a clean bill of health. But is he going to last more than one play? And I don't mean that as a shot. He lasted one play this year. One. This is a desperation move by Toronto. It's a great like, – I think it's a smart move by Saskatchewan. Like you said, they could have released him at any time. But – they got a fourth-round pick, conditional on wins and playing time, could be a second-round pick. 
They got a warm body. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know what the yeah. conditional was. It could yeah, go up to a second rounder. Okay. It, it, it's depending on playing time and everything else. Okay. So, and um, even if at a fourth rounder, you're getting a warm body for a guy you're going to release anyway. Because Saskatchewan doesn't need him. This Fajardo is showing that he can compete. I'm not saying he's the next Mike Riley or Bo Levi Mitchell, but he's shown that he can compete. He, 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 he might be the next Matt Nichols. Is that what you're telling us? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, hey, if you can get a guy to get you out to a five and one start, uh, hey, you're going to take that. Are you going to take uh, Matt Nichols and his five and one, or Mike Riley and his one and five? Five. You know. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> it's got no, nothing to do with the quarterbacks, brother, because honestly, quite frankly, if you had the option to have Mike Riley in Winnipeg right now, you would doubt Matt Nichols so fast to make your head spin. And you'd be yeah, lying think. to me right now if you said no. Yeah, I think. Uh, no, yeah. with Caleros, it's a desperation move by Toronto. It's an obvious desperation move because their quarterbacking sucks. Uh, uh Thompson looked good for one game, and he's looked crap ever since. James Franklin is injured. We've seen James Franklin as a starting quarterback. He's not oh, he was crap to start with. So, you know, they are desperate for something. So I guess it's a good move on Toronto's part. I would just like to know, I'm sure I'm going to get flack from this in messages, is Randy Ambrosi going to force Zach Kalaros to sign a release that when he's talking out of the side of his mouth and dribbling later on in life, he cannot Drooling. sue the CFL? He cannot sue the CFL. I I don't think that that's possible right now because that would have to have been done before his contract I know, was signed. Because this is st- still a valid contract. There's no way, there's no way if he gets yet another concussion and is all of a sudden debilitated for the rest of his life, he cannot come after the CFL. This is on him. I think it's ridiculous that he's even playing. Just, buddy, three concussions in 11 months. Yeah, the doctor gave you a clean bill of health, not to get hit in the head again. And whether it's a clean or dirty hit, you're going to get hit in the head again. It's football. Well, he's a quarterback, so any hit hit in the head is dirty. Yeah, unless he lowers his head with the run, Anybody or he hook slides hit. like he did before, and and Simone Lawrence gets paid punished for this. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, like I say, it's a desperation move on Toronto's part, and it's really desperate when you're taking somebody with that kind of a history. I I like it. Personally, I like it. It's the best option they have right now. It's, oh, yeah. It's, there is no better option out there right now, ever. Okay? Well, Brandon, so, Brandon Bridge is out there. That's what I said. He's the only option <laughs> out there. He's the only viable option right now. Yes, he but, is. Yeah, no, he, we can't make him sign a waiver. And, you know, and, oh, and know. if he, they go Buck Pierce on us, uh, so be it. 
right? He's going to get hit in the head. He's going to go up. I mean, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And I hope that he lasts the season. I'd love to see him play some serious football. But, you know, even with his talent, I don't think his talent is going to make the Argos better. They're just a shit football team. I mean, you can have the best quarterback in the world and a shit team, and you're going to still lose football games. That's being proved right now with BC. Okay? Yep. So Toronto is a shit football team, and you're going to put a a fragile quarterback in there. I I don't know what you guys are expecting. Seriously, what is Jim Pop thinking? And I I not only think that he should lose his job, he should go to jail. If you were the defensive coordinator lining up against against, uh, Toronto for Zach Caleros' first game, Uh would you you pull a Montreal-style bring all 12? The first play. You have to. The first play, he's under center. You bring all 12. Because you know what he's probably going to do. That ball's going 40 rows into the stands. He's got to be gun-shy. You have to... You have to scare him, right? Yep. He and we saw that in in Saskatchewan, we saw that in Hamilton when he came back from his injuries. He was gunshot. He was bouncing yeah. around back there and just unloads the ball, and that's why Hamilton got rid of him because he couldn't get back in the saddle after he'd been out for so many so many times. I've never understood why Montreal is the only team that really did that consistently. Bring all twelve. Don't even have a safety hanging back. Bring everybody. I love that play. Yeah, you're setting yourself yeah. up for a touchdown, but. <laughs> well, are you? They were pretty successful at it. Yeah. I mean, there's no way. How many can they block? They can block six or seven. And there's I mean, another... there's, there's four or five coming. Yeah. I'm just worried that we're going to see the guy taken out on the stretcher and not come back. Yeah. I, I'd hate to see that. I, I, I would really, really, really hate to see that. But it is a distinct possibility that we will. Okay, Phil. You're Saskatchewan Rough Riders. They they made a trade today. They got they got rid of their their star number one quarterback, who's been out the entire season, with the exception of one play. What's good move, bad move? Do you like this move? Did you want to yeah. see Zach Calaris back in green? Let Let's look at it from a Saskatchewan Rough Rider perspective. And when I do, what a novelty. I am uh, a little disappointed at the trade today. Uh, not that I didn't think that they got what – that's all you can get for an important uh, – of any kind in the CFL. Um, you know, it, it's likely going to end up being a second-round pick. Uh, I understand it's contingent on uh, how much he plays and if he resigns in Toronto. So probably moving to from fourth to third to sec, second-round pick. Uh, a second round pick is a very good pick uh, for a trade. However, what would happen if Cody Fashardo goes down? Uh, what is it? Uh, I heard today, I think it's 50 CFL passes 
between the other two quarterbacks in that quarterback room in Saskatchewan. And uh, Fichardo is not a quarterback who stays away from contact, if you know what I mean. He invites contact. Uh, he likes to throw his shoulder into guys as he's running out of bounds, uh, much like that cocaine quarterback that took us to the 97 Great Cup. I can't think of his name there. Uh, but he was big enough to do it. That Cody Fajardo, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if he's going to be able to handle that kind of contact. We're, I think the Riders are taking a big gamble here when they've got a, a quarterback that invites so much contact, like Fajardo, to uh, to get rid of uh, Caleros. And I think they're caving to uh, fan pressure that is similar to what yourself and Mark have been talking about here. That uh, there's so much risk with uh, Zach Caleros, and I just don't buy into that. Uh, A lot of football players in the past have had a lot of concussions, and Fajardo has passed the protocols, and uh, and I don't like the idea that that they cave to, I I believe they cave to fan pressure, that that they don't want to see Caleros hurt. So you're you're sitting there saying that they should have kept Caleros because there's no other viable option if something happens to Cody Fajardo. Correct. Brandon Bridges is available. (laughs) Brandon Bridges is available. Brandon Bridges' career met all of my expectations. Yeah. So we got Brandon Bridge out there. We got Drew Willie, and I, I, I possibly think Marcus Crandall's in game shape too. So you know you could, you've got some options. It's not just you know you're not stuck there. Darian's out there. Okay. So. And there you go. Who is? Darian's out there. He wants to play football. Yeah. Yeah. He could never play football. He was never a quality quarterback in this league. Okay, let's move on. Um, Bo Levi Mitchell begins throwing on Friday. To begin throwing on Friday. Do the Stamps risk hurting momentum by changing back to Mitchell? Okay, hang on. So he's going to begin throwing on Friday? You schedule what you're going to practice? Okay, uh, I don't know why that. this is a headline. This is ridiculous. Uh, why didn't they just say Mitchell rejoins practice? Or first taking first team reps or – taking real reps or something other than that. Okay. Do the Stamps risk hurting momentum by changing back to Mitchell? Well, the Stamps were 0-2 under Mitchell. They're now 4-2. Okay. Now, don't get me wrong. There's there's a little bit of discrepancy in there because one of the one of Bo Levi Mitchell's losses was actually a Calgary win because Nick Arbuckle came in for the steal. Okay, so Arbuckle has one loss. Bo Levi Mitchell has, in, in my opinion, technically two losses. But Arbuckle has four wins, which is huge. Huge. Okay. So do you do you do you take that momentum away from the Calgary Stampeders? Absolutely not. 
No, I, I, I would have Nick Arbuckle in that seat until they start to lose consistently, not just a loss, but consistent losses. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't see it. I can't see it. What do you think? Do you bring Mitchell back and throw him back in there? I mean, you, you know my opinion. I've never thought that Bo Levi Mitchell was a quality quarterback to start with. And now he's been injured and is still injured, and he's taking cortisone shots for his shoulder on painkillers and everything else. Now he's going to go out and start throwing. Do you, a, a, do you hurt him more by possibly putting him in? And B, are you taking – Losing, I mean, you're just telling Nick Arbuckle that he, he doesn't everything that he did for the Calgary Stampeders doesn't matter because Mitchell is Mitchell's team. Phil, <clears throat> well, Nick Arbuckle, like I mentioned before, I think he's kind of doing it with mirrors. He's game managing. Uh, you know, if you look at statistically, uh, another guy with about the same amount of starts as Arbuckle is, is really tearing up the league in Cody Fichardo. Um, Arbuckle's getting some wins under his belt, but gee, when you're putting up points that are like 16 or whatever it was they put up in, in Ottawa last week, he's not really tearing it up. Um, it's the rest of the team winning that game, especially when you consider how much, how much talent they've got a receiver. Uh, I believe they do. And uh, I, I'm, I think they're going to have to look at at, uh, at a healthy goalie by Mitchell if they're going to have an opportunity to be in the Grey Cup in November. Um, and I understand today, I read a story, it's uh, when? planning for a, a week 10 return for, for Bo Levi. A week 10. And where are we right now? We're week 7? Yeah. So, uh, this is week okay. 8. Going into week 8, yeah. We're going into week eight, and you're talking about a week 10 return with Bo Levi. I don't actually have a problem with that. Montreal's going to be in Calgary in, in, for week 10. Uh, next week is a Calgary bye. No, it's not. They're playing Winnipeg. No, I would, I, I would bring Bo Levi back for Winnipeg. That would be just stupid. Yeah, no, I'm okay with this. Bring him back in week 10, and let's see how um, – Nick Arbuckle does against uh, Edmonton and Winnipeg. And if he absolutely lights it up Edmonton and Winnipeg, if Calgary turns around and wins the next two games and they're in first place in the West, how do you make a quarterbacking change? Yeah, good point. That could be exciting, Christopher. I don't know how you could make a quarterbacking change. It makes no sense. Yeah, so what? You're paying him $700,000. So far, he, all he's done is lose. Mark, what do you think here? I think he comes back in as soon as he's ready. It will probably be week 10. Um, you know, yeah, our buckle's been on this winning streak. He's got them solidly up there now, right behind Winnipeg. But... He's, I don't see him leading you deep into the playoffs. I don't see him getting a Western semifinal or Western final win and a Grey Cup win. Bo Levi Mitchell 
is the reigning MOP and Grey Cup MOP as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shut up. <laughs> Can I go Will on you for a sec? <laughs> you know, Bill stops boring. Yeah, Mitchell is a far more talented quarterback than Arbuckle. There's really no discussion there. Like Phil said, it's not like Arbuckle's lighting it up and throwing for 400 yards and scoring 40 points. They're right, but then neither does Mitchell. No, but he has the ability to drive you down the field when you need it. And we've seen him do it many, many times. I, I will give you one thing that he is extremely good at. He is probably one of the best leaders in the yep. CFL. Yep. He can make a, a team rally around him and pick him up and carry him across the finish line. And it reminds me a great deal of one other quarterback and who, who had very little talent but had the ability to elevate his team to very high levels, and that was Darian Durant. Because Darian Durant, if you remember, when he blew his Achilles, special teams uh-huh. stopped playing, defense stopped playing, offense stopped playing. They lost every aspect of their team because they lost their leader. He was a terrible quarterback, but phenomenal leader. And I, I think Mitchell's very – I'm not going to call him a terrible quarterback, but I think he's in that category where his, his leadership skills far outshine his ability to play the game. I look at it as with Winnipeg playing Calgary in two weeks, I'd much rather face a Arbuckle-led team versus a Mitchell-led team. I, I, I agree with you. I agree um, with you. Yeah, it's you don't lose your job, especially in football. Quarterbacks, the their higher end quarterbacks, do not lose their job to injury. I agree, but so that he, being he's said, back when he's ready. He's he's not he's not going to lose his job to Nick Arbuckle. That's a fact. But it would be prudent of Dave Dickinson to keep. Levi Mitchell on the bench as long as he can if the Calgary Stampeders are winning with Nick Arbuckle and let that shoulder rest. And how long do you think Mitchell's going to want to sit on the bench? Uh, he, he wanted to play last week. Exactly. It's not what like he wants. Like you say about with Mike Riley not wanting to come off when they're getting blown out. That's It's their job. Is to be on that field, leading that field. Uh oh, Will making comments? He must be. Uh oh. He was in on this conversation. Oh, does he ever? (laughs) (laughs) Please phone him. Please phone him. I want to hear this. I may have picked the perfect night to put this back on Twitter, Christopher. (laughs) Here it comes. (laughs) Oh, there it is. We're going to have to bring Will McDonald into the show 
live. Oh, Will, is this? Did you call in, Will? This is a four hundred three number. This, Will, you're in a casino, Will. <laughs> I hear, I hear slot machine. Will, what are you doing? Can you hear me now? I can. Okay, I'm here. I'm, I'm, you know, and I know you did this on purpose just because that's the way you are. Okay, like talking, talking shit like that just makes me nuts, but that's okay. Um, you know what? Levi Mitchell is as good as Mike Riley this year. They've got one win, except Mike Riley got his win from a kicker. Not because he played so well. Well, Paul Levi lost that game. What game did Mitchell win? Pardon me? What game did Paul Levi Mitchell win? Well, technically, he won the second game because he's the quarterback of record. So... No, he was actually the losing quarterback when he left the game. So you do not get a win yeah. if your team was not winning when you leave the game. I mean, it's a baseball but you get, thing, right? But you get the win. But you get the win if you're in a game and you get knocked out. Okay, and that's what happens. But that's, that's Nick Arbuckle's win. If you guys, if you guys, if you guys think they're going to keep Nick Arbuckle as quarterback when Bo Levi can come back because of momentum, you guys are nuts. Sorry, you're completely Okay, not. so you, you're saying that if, if, if Calgary beats Edmonton and Calgary beats Winnipeg, that you think they're going to just switch out our buckle and bring back Bo Levi Mitchell? In a heartbeat. Wow. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. The same, the same as any other backup quarterback wins. If they have a better one in front of them, they're going to bring him back every single time. Every single time. You know that. I'm waiting for the word Paul Levi Mitchell's a healthy scratch. (laughs) Yeah, you know, that's never going to happen. That's never going to happen. You know damn well that's never going to happen. Okay. Okay. So, and although I did not agree with uh, Phil and his observation that, You know, Nick Arbuckle isn't that good, and the Calgary team isn't that good. I don't think Phil's been watching football this year, and I understand, Phil, that you have other other commitments because you obviously haven't watched the Calgary team I've watched. And I and I, and I'm going to say it right here and now. They're on the cusp, and here's my prediction: Calgary's going to be in first place at the end of the year, guaranteed. There you go. It's not noisy here anymore, is it? It's I'm not in, bad. <laughs> I'm also in a pissy mood because I'm losing my shorts tonight. So, uh, <laughs> I'm Don't sorry you're losing, buddy. It's okay. If I can't, if I can't lose it, I don't. So, yeah, you shouldn't so be I, there if you can't lose. Will will I will I have to will I have to take out a second mortgage on my house? No. Anyway, okay. I'm on the sh- I'm on the show. I might as well stay for a while. You Pretty might cool. as well stay now, eh? Yeah. Okay. So the consensus is is that uh, Bo Levi Mitchell will be coming back in week ten, regardless of how well Calgary does between now and then. So, 
that's it, guys. That's it, people, radio people, podcast world. Uh, that's that, that's what the officials, not the officials, uh, that's what the experts on the Let's Talk CFL panel have said. I only say that he's coming back if Calgary loses one or two of those games. Because if if, if he wins both of those games, I think, uh, I, I think Bo Levi Mitchell's shoulder is going to have a flare-up. And he's going to have to sit out for a couple more weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it got, got kind of strained in practice. And, and yeah, I, I think it's got to heal a little bit longer. That's what's going to happen in week 10 if Calgary's at the top of the Western Division. Okay, moving on to wannabe quarterbacks. Uh, another wannabe quarterback, Brandon Bridge, has been released by Montreal for the second time this season. Will we ever see him again in the CFL? Well, Saskatchewan just lost one of their quarterbacks. They sent him packing. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on in Ottawa. Uh, Dane Evans in Hamilton? Whoa. Really? Seriously? Come on. Well, Brandon Bridge couldn't hit the broads out of a barn with a two-by-four. But, you know, hey, is this the end of him in CFL? I hope so. Mark, what you got on him? You're you're a big Brandon Bridge fan, aren't you? Oh, I love the way he runs around the field and just commands disrespect. Uh, <laughs> if Brandon Bridge wants to stay in the CFL, he needs to either learn how to defend passes or catch them. He needs to read defenses. He's never going to learn how to read defenses. I keep seeing reading people saying that he just needs time. How much time do you need to see that he can't read defenses? You can only run around with the football for so long before it doesn't work anymore, and it doesn't work anymore for him. If he wants to stay in the CFL, he needs to be, become the next Brad Sinopoli and become a receiver. Brad The, the question was, was the, the question here was not, Will we ever see him in the CFL as a quarterback? The question was, will we ever see him in the CFL again? I I don't see how a team would get that desperate to bring him in as a quarterback. I really don't. You would have to be seriously scraping the bottom of the barrel to bring him in. If you're not well, Montreal brought him in twice. And well, that's if you're not lasting in Montreal, where he's brought it, been brought in twice, and they've had eight quarterbacks on the roster at any given time going into training camp. Yeah, you, it, it, it's you're done. It's a shame. He did have every so often he shows that little bit of flash that maybe there is some talent, but he can't read defenses, and that. The end of the day, if you can't read defenses, you can't be a quarterback. Let Phil take this one, since he's also a former rider, so maybe Phil has a different attitude towards him. I think he's a bum and he's done. Phil, jump up. I wholeheartedly agree with my esteemed colleague from Winterpeg. 
I, that was on my mind exactly when you asked the question just before Mark answered it. The, the way you poised the question, um, you said, will we ever see him in the CFL again? And what jumped into my mind was maybe as a receiver or a DB. And I don't know if he's got the talent to, to play one of those positions because he is a gifted athlete, but certainly not as a quarterback. And it was so disheartening to see the support that he had from Ryder fans uh, to be our starting quarterback when you really knew what his play was all about. Uh, those were disheartening times for me. Um, so it's a flat no. We will not see him on a practice roster. We will not see him as a third-string quarterback. We will not see him as a second-string quarterback. We will not see him take a snap again in the CFL. That's pretty definitive. Okay. I can't argue with you. Uh, William, open the mic somewhere in the machine and tell us what you think about Brandon Bridge. Air Canada has left the CFL, okay? Um, You know what? We don't know if he could ever read a defense because he doesn't want to. Okay? You would think that a guy who's got the athletic ability he has would eventually try and learn how to read defenses, but he hasn't, and that's why he doesn't have a job anymore. It's, it's really simple. But because of the depleted quarterback situation around the CFL, you never know. Somebody might give him a chance. What, for example, if uh, Dane Evans gets hurt in the next game, Who's their third string? Does anybody know? Nope. Okay. So, he may still be back this year. Because there's lots of teams hurting for quarterbacks. When Mike Riley goes out for the season, who's going to be their quarterback? Does it matter? Well, you never know. They're fucked now. So, what difference does it matter? Well, because you never know if Mike Riley <laughs> if Mike Riley goes out and Brandon Bridge comes in and he wins ten games in a row, <laughs> do, they start, do they start Mike Riley again when 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 he gets better? Now you're being stupid. It's been funny as hell. Stupid. I've been in yeah. the sun too long. I think so. And if I did not know you any better, I'd say you've been drinking too much. But I know that. Not the case. I just, I did just finish uh, Americano with a triple shot of espresso. How does that sound? Like a headache. Like, like, so I'll you plan to be up for the next 10 hours? Yeah, pretty much. I got to yeah, make my hardcore. money back, Mark. I gotta make my money back, Mark. Then get off the machines and get on the tables. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's too many Chinese people who don't play the game well enough. How does that sound? Uh, it frustrates the hell out of me to sit at a blackjack table with somebody who doesn't know how to play. Yep. There is no- nothing more frustrating in the world. Well, that's not true. Uh, poker is really bad when the guy doesn't know what they're doing. 
Anyways, Brandon, Brandon Bridge may be back again. Don't count him out yet because I still think somebody – I'm surprised that nobody out there with all these injuries has tried to bring Drew Willie back. You know what I mean? I do. Uh, so I, I I wouldn't be surprised if somebody else signs him. <laughs> you know, so, and, and so what for ab- that matter – for that matter, when what's his name gets better in Montreal, is it Pipkin? Yes, Antonio Pipkin. Now, now, now there's now there's a question: Do they bring Pipkin in, or do they continue with uh, Vash? Well, Vash is winning the football games. That is correct. So, so there's the question: What's the difference between Montreal and Calgary? $500,000? No. <laughs> when was the last time <laughs> Montreal won three games in a row compared to Calgary? Yeah, but Calgary hasn't even got three wins this season. Oh, yeah, they do. They got four. Okay. So, that's it for Brandon Bridge. We've all agreed that this... Uh, I I don't think we have agreed. Will and myself are kind of on the fence here. I think if somebody actually loses their second-string quarterback, Bridge is a viable option to at least come in off the bench. He is a powerhouse in the in the backfield or on the short yardage plays. Uh, if somebody is in desperation where they're not trying to develop a quarterback for the last half of the season, uh, Brandon Bridge is a definitely a viable act uh, third stringer in this league. Will he play for that type of role? Probably. At this point in time, he's not going to get a paycheck. So, uh, But Phil and Mark both say that uh, he's done in the league and there's a possibility he could come back as a wide receiver or a DB, but does he have the talent and the gray matter between the ears for that? I'm not sure. Um, Air Canada has left the building. Crashed and burned, I believe the terminology here is for that airplane. Uh, moving on, segment eight. Can the Owls be now considered a serious contender? You know what? I'm not even going to rant on this one a little bit here. I'm just going to pass this one right over to Phil and let him come out and tell me, are the Owls now a contender with um, Vernon Adams Jr. as the quarterback they're on a, what, two-game winning streak? Three-game winning streak? What is it? I don't know. Three-game winning streak, Christopher. Three-game. Oh, my God. Three-game winning streak. Started out the season 0-2. They've won three straight. They're up above 500 at 3-2. and two. Yeah. Hey, go for it. I don't know if you guys remember my preseason analysis. How I said that uh, Montreal is my pet team this year. And I've seen some big things out of them. What I've seen on paper, I really liked. Some of that has been possibly explained when their general manager gets fired for finding ways around the salary cap. But uh, so I'm not surprised at all. Uh, I was really worried when when Pipkin went down. But uh, I've also seen Vernon Adams Jr. play some pretty good football here in Saskatchewan. And uh, not just a short yardage, but coming in late in a game. And, and I like the way he moved around the pocket. Uh, I see a lot of 
similar things I do see with Cody Fajardo. I, I like his feet. And maybe that's no mystery because Cody Fajardo was such a good short yardage quarterback and, and so was Badge. So uh, somebody said something about Drew Willie. Is he still looking to play in the league? Sorry, a little off topic here, but please keep your Drew, Drew Willie out of my Regina. And, uh, <laughs> okay, so you drew Willie over in Bash in Montreal would be okay. <laughs> this is telling me. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've just reached a new all-time low. I'm pretty yeah, sure of it. I, I hit it. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm excited about uh, all facets. All facets, uh, and. Uh, I, I think it's great with the, with the new head coach. I think this Harry Jones is he's uh, he's got me excited. And like I said, I'm not surprised at the way the season's turned out. I I I would like everybody to remember. I kind of predicted some success for Montreal this year, and and predicted they were going to finish second behind Hamilton in the East. They may may finish first now. In the East. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I, I I don't know if you guys remember this or not, but right after free agency, I said Montreal and Toronto are both quietly building football teams. Toronto forgot the quarterback position. Kind of important. Um, yeah. See what happens. Mark. Do you believe the Al- currently a contender in the Eastern Division or in the CFL period. Considering we're talking about the Eastern Division where 500 gets you first place? Yeah. Well, not for a while, but yeah. Okay. But it can very easily get you first place. Under 500 gets you a home playoff game. Exactly. Montreal especially their defense. We we knew their defense was going to be good. But they when they started on the 0-2, it was partially on the defense. They didn't look good at all. And all of a sudden, something's clicked. Mwamba is playing some of the best football I've seen him play. So that's helping a ton. And then Vad's coming in and seemingly taking the position away from everybody. He is the starting quarterback. It, the way the Eastern Division is unfolding quarterback-wise, he's the hot quarterback. He could easily reel off a whole bunch of wins, against the, especially against the Eastern teams. You know, you've got... Ottawa with possibly Dominic Davis, otherwise it's Jonathan Jennings. Hamilton's lost Masoli for the year. Toronto's Chernobyl. There's no reason they can't finish in first place. No reason whatsoever. I'm enjoying watching what Montreal's doing. We've needed Montreal to be good. And they finally are in a year that's become very weak, really across the league with quarterbacks. This is perfect timing for them to take over the Eastern Division. And they're doing it right. 
and they're not doing it with smoke and mirrors. They're just playing football. It helps when you have stand back in the backfield too. Yeah, think. Yeah, think. <laughs> yeah, think. And, and, and what have I been going on with the BC Lions for the last month and a half? Uh-huh. Where's the running game? In Montreal, that's where the running game is. Well, I think they finally found their quarterback. At least manageable enough to get you some wins. And in the Eastern Division, if you're one or two games around 500, you're in the playoffs and you've got a home playoff game. Yeah. Okay. William, open the mic up. Talk to me about your Al's. Your favorite team or second favorite team. Well, you know what, and I cannot believe this, but um, the Al's could win the East Division, especially after what happened to Hamilton last week. It's a very plausible situation. You think about the players they have, and they have good players. And and I'm, I could name I could name all the Stampeders on that team: Deontay Evans, uh, Campbell, uh, Patrick Level, Spencer Wilson. Those guys are all winners. And in hindsight, and I'll be the first to admit that I was saying three years ago, BC should fire uh, fire. Uh, What's his name? Safari Jones as their OC. But maybe DC should have made him their head coach. Because I don't know what he's doing, but it seems to be working. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe maybe he's a likable guy. Maybe they have the right coaching attitude. Maybe everybody's glad they got rid of the general manager. You never know how team chemistry changes over a season. And right now it's changed there. And what I want to see is when they once they lose again, how they react to the loss. And I mean, Vernon Adams is—he hasn't been lights out, but he's been a game manager. And like I've mentioned on the podcast before, some of the moves he's put on guys when he runs, they're still looking for the jock strap three weeks later, okay? The guy is definitely an athlete, so, and maybe all he needs is confidence, and I did watch him in college, and he was a pretty good player, so, you know, you never know. You never know. And once again, the East is not that strong, so it's a very plausible thing. Okay. So that's where we go with the Owls. Everybody thinks they're the real deal. And moving forward, um, we sure got a lot of time left in the show. So, so we're gonna we're gonna go into a subject that is hotly contested: Is the CFL to Halifax losing momentum? Have the, has the steam left the engine? And was it ever there to begin with? Now. Long, long before Randy Ambrosi was the commissioner of the CFL, I did an article on why Halifax is a stupid fucking idea for a football team in the CFL. And it went into in-depth 
conversation detail about different things of why it wouldn't. In fact, one of the there isn't even a direct flight from any western city to Halifax. So if the team doesn't want to lose its luggage in Toronto, they have to charter their own plane. Uh, it's the time zone difference. Can you imagine a team that is four hours difference in time coming out to BC and playing a Friday night football game at 7 p.m., which is starting time is 11 in their town. So they're going to be playing football at 2 o'clock in the morning. There's just so many things wrong with a, a franchise in Halifax. Now, let's jump forward. We do have a team coming to Halifax, or so we've been told. This management group can't even build a business plan. They don't have a stadium. They haven't been awarded a franchise. They don't have the money to build a team. But they do have what they said, what, $60 million, which is more than enough to build a team, but not if you don't have a stadium. So, what was it, $30 million? And it doesn't matter. They had millions of dollars, and, and they're, they're off-building T-shirts so that everybody can have souvenirs of this. Um, the Halifax schooners or the Atlantic schooners remind me a lot uh, back in the – where was it, 1985, 86, maybe 88, uh, I got a blue baseball hat, trucker's hat or whatever you want to call it, that says Saskatoon's got the blues. That turned out really well, didn't it? Um, okay, I'm going to turn the mic over to Mark. What do you think? Is this Halifax franchise losing momentum? Uh, was it ever a real option? Did anybody actually think this was going to work? We've done this one over and over again. So rehash it a little bit and see what happens. I don't know if the majority of the people ever thought it was going to happen. There was a lot of really hoping it would happen because it would be great to see the league with a balanced schedule. Oh, I, I love the idea of a tenth team in the CFL. Do not get me yeah. wrong. No, I, I hate the oh, idea no. of one in Halifax. It's like you said, the time between the time change, geographical rivalries, no stadium, a shaky ownership group. Randy Ambrosi sticking his foot in his mouth and putting the cart before the horse way too many times at the start to try to build that momentum. And it's fizzling. I feel bad for the CFL fans that are in Halifax and in Atlantic Canada because there is a core group that really want a team, but it's not enough to sustain a team. And look at how long it took Ottawa to get in the league and get it done right. All we keep hearing is they're going to push the time back for when they're going to start. You know, there was talk about it being 2020, and now it's 2021. Well, they still haven't put a shovel in the ground. 
They're building from the ground up. It takes a couple of years to do that properly. Winnipeg and Saskatchewan know that very well. They got to get moving on something. And there's no movement. The city council hasn't even really said they can build anywhere yet. It's If there was momentum, it's just about completely gone. And it's a lot of it, I think, is the CFL's fault. How much advertising has CFL done for Touchdown Atlantic, or whatever it's called this year? Do you hear them talk about it? At all? Is there commercials for it other than during the game? No. How do you build excitement by staying silent? Well, is that the CFL's job? Mm, it should partially be if they really want to get this team in. The league's too small to leave it alone. They need to be a part of it, especially in a place like Halifax. Is there any advertising going on right now in Winnipeg about the NFL game? None whatsoever. Zero. Don't you think the that IGF should be doing something Facebook. about this? They don't care. They're contracted for the stadium, and that's it. Yeah. That's it. Interesting. Interesting. Their contract is strictly the stadium. This is an NFL and whatever production company it is. I understand all of that. I'm just trying to find a, a, a parallel to to this touchdown Atlanta game, and, and there yeah. really isn't a parallel. There are no. two different situations, but no, in the, the same thing, is. I don't know this. See, I haven't seen the CFL promote any of the Toronto Argonaut games or BC Lion games or Edmonton Eskimo games. Why should they um, uh, promote touchdown Atlantic? They're not doing that. The initiative for any other team, any other city, in in any other stadium. Why should they go off and do this? Do you not think that that that's favoritism? Ambrosia, why, why should they do that? At the start of this all, when it first started getting leaked out, Ambrosi was the first guy there with his pom poms, cheering away. Oh, oh, of course. I mean, rah, rah, rah. I mean, there's a phenomenal amount of CFL fans around the league right now that think that Halifax is, you know, the, the, the second coming of the CFL and that it, it's the best thing since like that. Um, that doesn't mean that it's realistic. That doesn't mean that they're going to do anything about it. It doesn't mean that, that Joe Schmo in Edmonton is going to go buy season tickets for it. So Randy Ambrosi's job is to be promoting and trying promoting the league. And he's doing that. He's been but is it the league's responsibility? Well, because he doesn't want to look like a fucking idiot because it's going south so fast. Can't blame him, man. You start distancing yourself from the Titanic real quick, don't you? I mean, the schooners. Um, uh, yeah. It, 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 it's funny as hell. I'm, I'm, I'm just getting a, a, a great laugh out of this because uh, – I predicted this 10 years ago. Uh-huh. And uh, it just keeps coming and coming and coming. It's kind of like a virus. It's kind of like a bad case of herpes. It just won't go away. Uh, okay. Phil, 
Jump on in here. All right. Uh, to begin with, uh, the uh, proposed owners of the Atlantic Schooners are very well-heeled and well-financed. Uh, two of uh, three of the group are described as billionaires. That doesn't mean they're going to lay out all the money for a stadium. In fact, for Halifax, this is a great opportunity to uh, get a stadium built with maybe a little less public money than is what the average is. Uh, one of those billionaires happens to be from Saskatchewan. And uh, another one happens to own a, uh, is it a National Hockey League team in Las Vegas? So uh, I don't think it, money is the problem. They're just looking for the average commitment from municipal government in building of a stadium. And I really believe it will eventually get done. I, uh, I watched that interview a couple of days ago with uh, Mr. Ambrosia in Moncton uh, being hammered by that CTV news anchor. Um, who wasn't so much a sports fan, but he sure had his he sure had his questions ready. But I thought Ambrosi handled him really, really well. And what he pointed out about the seven years it took to restart the franchise in Ottawa, uh, I think that was really important. And, and there's there's a lot to be considered about that. Uh, they want to do it right. They don't want to build too little of a stadium. They don't want to build too much of a stadium. Uh, municipally Halifax has not been always open to this before it's going to be a little maybe a little harder in Halifax so yeah when you got double digit unemployment I think so yep I wouldn't be surprised this takes takes as long as it did for the Ottawa franchise to get restarted and and uh, but I do believe there will be a team in Halifax as for touchdown Atlantic you make a very good point, that uh, Christopher, that uh, the CFL promoted Touchdown Atlantic themselves very much in the previous games out there. I've seen nothing for promotion this year, just nothing. I almost forgot. If I hadn't seen that interview the other day, I would have almost forgot there was going to be a Touchdown Atlantic this year, uh, which is strange, considering now the CFL has more of a vested interest in uh, – in making sure that game goes well. Now, maybe they were trying to leave the promotion up to these new owners or potential owners of the, of the Halifax Schooners. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure what happened there, but they certainly dropped the ball on promotion for this event. Um, uh, interesting, I, I, I really liked your drawing a comparison between the NFL game in uh, preseason game in, in uh, Winnipeg to touchdown Atlantic. Uh, neither one, which seems to be getting much promotion. Uh, certainly the NFL and I guess probably the, the Raiders dropped the ball in, in hiring the particular company that they did uh, to promote that game, uh, who don't seem to know anything about our market here because there was so much potential to market that game here in Canada and, and just nothing done, nothing nothing done in, in my mind anyway. That's That's really all I got on it. 
William, open your mic up. Well, you know, I don't like to talk about this, but I'll talk about it anyways. I, I think uh, maybe Randy Ambrosi listened to uh, Tony Robbins' motivational tape, and part of it was if you say something often enough, it might even happen. But I don't think he thought about where the money was coming from. And I know, and I know Randy Ambrosi, so I've heard, is a bit of a, a decent business guy. He's been involved in funds and all kinds of stuff and he's working for her before he came to, came to the CFL. But I, I, I still don't know how Halifax is going to work, if it will ever work. And when we say 2021, that's only two years away. That's not enough time to get something like this going. And you don't hear the CFL advertising it, which I think they should, sort of, if they're going to be part of the league, try and get some hype going, but you don't see much hype. So, you know, and I, I, I don't know, I... I don't think it's going to happen. It might, who knows. don't really have much to say. Ah, interesting, Mark. I do like that one. I did not know that, and I hadn't heard that, that the NFL has an out and can cancel the game due to lack of ticket sales. Where would they put that they still have to play the game? Where the hell would they play it? It's a third-week preseason game in the NFL is pretty important and they don't have a stadium to play it in. They play Why it would in they Green cancel Bay. it? They would play it in Green, Green Bay? Bay? Yep. The NFL have that all worked out. If they have that in their cance- that the policy with or the contract with the uh, team they'll have that worked out just in case. Okay. So that, that that's a separate subject, and we, we can touch that in a, in a minute. I want to go back to one thing about the CFL uh, touchdown at Atlantic, and, and that's a different subject than what we're supposed to be on, which is the Halifax Schooners team is losing momentum. But let's touch t- deal with touchdown Atlantic just for a second because you brought this up, Mark. How many times did we say in the last six months – that this game is going to completely bomb because who the hell wants to go see the two basement teams in the Eastern Division go play football in Atlantic Canada? And by the time this game gets played, it might be the two best teams in this Eastern Division play. <laughs> I find this just a little bit ironic, don't you? Uh, how long is Toronto's quarterback going to last? <laughs> but it could be, right? I it mean, could seriously. Be. Yeah, it could be. We it's could be talking like about the two dominant teams in the Eastern Division of the CFL. I mean, you know, I think that's a bit of an oxymoron dominant. So it'll end division. up like all the other <laughs> touchdown Atlantic games in the past that were attended by whatever teams were playing. And the Toronto and Hamilton. It was, I think it was Toronto and Hamilton both games, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was all Toronto and Hamilton fans on the stands. Uh, well, a, a good sixty percent of it, from what I understand. Yeah. 
and and there wasn't there was like only twelve thousand people in the stadium. Hulk sold out. Well, it only holds twelve thousand. You could sell that out in, in Toronto. Yeah, it would be a sellout in Vancouver. Yep, and, and, and people would be sitting on the sidewalk in front wanting to get in. Hey guys, I was gonna say that if uh, if uh, Halifax builds the kind of stadium that the Raiders are building in Las Vegas right now. <laughs> I'd actually go to Halifax to see a football game. I've seen this thing twice since I've been here, and wow is all I have to say. Must and how much did it cost? <laughs> oh, I, I'm, sure, cost more than the I'm sure it's gonna. I'm sure it's going to be a billion dollars when it's all said and done. It's just... It's, Remember, I'm a construction guy. I sat across the street two days ago for three hours watching, and wow, is all I can say. So it's going to be impressive. There's no just, doubt about just it. Just bear, bear in mind the renovations to PC Place were over half a billion dollars. Yeah, well. <laughs> this, that number is going to exceed the billion dollar mark. It has to. Oh, Easily, easily, easily. I don't think anything's built. I don't think anything's built here for under a billion dollars anymore. It's just, it's mind-boggling that kind of money. Well, that's that's funny. That sounds like construction porn to me. Is that a yes? Construction porn. I just looked it up. It's one point eight four billion. There you go. That's, that's, that's closer to two than anything. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm wow. not down that much money tonight, so not in the billions <laughs> of dollars, so I'm okay. Make it a comeback, are you? Pardon me? You're making a comeback, are you? Yeah, actually, I just won $227 on a, on a, on a dollar twenty bet. There you go. I can live with that. On a dollar twenty bet. What do you yeah, What are you playing? I'm playing. Uh, I'm playing slot machine. Okay. Is, isn't that a women's game? game? Sorry. It's got a live stadium. Yeah. Say hello. Is that Patty? Say hi to Patty for me. Yeah, she just she just she just took the money I won. <laughs> so, That's oh, what well. women do. I guess Wives so. in particular. There's actually a live cam to watch, a live webcam to watch them build the stadium. Oh, yeah, I've watched cool. that a little bit. It's a lot better live. Yo, I bet that thing's I've, massive. I've never, I've never seen that many overhead, overhead cranes in one place at one time. It's crazy. So. Well, that's kind of exciting. Yeah, you know it's exciting on my part because in my in my in my childlike mind, I think I have the ability to run something like that when it's being built, and it would be quite a challenge, and it would be exciting to be honest with you. So, anyways, we only have two minutes, less than a minute, Chris.
Oh, do we? Okay. I better close the show. Oh, I got 40 seconds. Okay. This has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 379. I've been your host, Christopher Jones. And I, I, I shut up, Chris, and just talk. Mark, say good night. Good night, everybody. Talk to you in a couple of weeks. Phil, good to have you back, buddy. Say good night. No, no, no. Don't do that to me. I don't have enough time. <laughs> Ten seconds. Come on, say good night, Phil. Good night, really, night, go ahead. Everybody. Good night, everybody. Okay. Go out.